0: This is God's Truth in Action. And welcome to another edition of Engaging Truth. I'm your host, Pastor John. Payne. with us today, we have a couple from Illinois, Reverend Jonathan Petzold and his wife, Krista. They're with us today, and we're going to be talking about God's plan, God's design, and a little bit what uh, that means for our witness to the world. Welcome to the program.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: So when we talk about God's plan or God's uh, design for us, uh, sometimes we talk about vocation, how God tells us maybe whispers in our ear, what we can uh, do to be his witnesses through our lives. Uh, But there's another way that's uh, just kind of built into us. You want to talk about that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, I think you're right. You know, with um, uh, God's uh, design for us to be witnesses to the world, um, uh, we kind of looked at Ephesians chapter 5, where, where Paul talks about uh, um, wives and husbands and their roles um, uh, as like heads and helper and, and um, God's designed for that. And, and, and many times, uh, I guess maybe to our modern ears, that, that sounds a little like, whoa, that sounds a little backwards or uh, maybe even cringy sometimes. Uh, but but in, in that passage, uh, Paul says something really interesting. He, he says that uh, this mystery is profound and he's referring to marriage, but he says that it actually refers to Christ in the church. Um, so uh, we, wrote, we wrote this book, uh, Male and Female, Embracing Your Role in God's Design. Uh, and, and our big idea there was that uh, God designs our marriages, uh, who we are as husbands and wives to reflect the the uh, more true, if you want to say it that way, or ultimate marriage of, of Christ and his bride, the church. You know, did you know Jesus was married, right? Uh, that uh, he, he has a bride, uh, the church, and um, uh, that relationship of unconditional love, uh, of of the giving of oneself Um uh, self-sacrifice, and, and uh, the wonderful headship that Christ shows to us as the church, uh, as, as his bride, um, our, our marriages have an opportunity to uh, reflect that. Um, yeah, you want to say more?
2: Yeah, and the the book is not only for, it's not only about marriage, because we all um, live as either men or women, right? We are created male and female, so the book is really about an exploration of what it means as Christians to be created male or female and the way that our maleness or our femaleness impacts our vocations and walk with God and our proclamation of the gospels of the world. Um, because the concept of being created male or female is in and of itself controversial today, um, which it you know is counterintuitive because it seems like sort of the most basic level of our experience. Mm. But Um, because marriage is a picture of Christ in the church and men and women are designed for marriage, um, even men and women who are not married, we all proclaim the gospel and point toward that image of Christ in the church in the way we live out um, our lives as men and women. Uh, And so it has the way that we allow those vocations um, to influence us in our lives and the way we live them out can point to Christ, and so they're really significant in that way as our witness.
0: You mentioned a gospel proclamation. Why don't we start there? Will you define what you mean by a by a gospel proclamation?
1: Yeah, thanks. You know, I think um, you know when we would define the gospel, it's be very specific uh, that it is uh, that that Jesus. Uh, the son of god uh died uh to forgive our sins and rose again uh, to give us eternal life um and that uh that that salvation is is offered to all uh and so i think that in our design we as as human beings as men as women uh get to reflect that gospel uh and um basically in who god has made us to be so as as heads, if you want to say it that way, uh, we as, as men have the opportunity to uh, practice that same kind of self-sacrifice um, and, and care that Jesus does uh, toward the church and, and toward the world. Um, and, and then also in that, uh, what I like to say is that uh, Eve, when she was made, uh, she was made as like the climax of God's creation. And and God said something very interesting where he said, it is not good that man should be alone. And, and that not good is kind of weird because sin wasn't in the world yet. Uh, so so Eve kind of shows uh kind of gives witness to the fact that we have a God who uh, intervenes. So so Eve is a reminder of God's divine intervention. And that's ultimately brought out when uh Jesus, who was the promised one to Eve, uh the offspring that would crush Satan's head, uh uh Jesus comes as the the newborn savior. Um and and so uh as as helpers, that that's not a uh, derogatory term uh that uh, the one who uses uh, the, the term helper the most in, in scripture is God of himself so it's like a a military aid kind of help uh and um uh, it just it just reminds us that that God intervenes uh and that God cares for his people and, and so that that's what we get to reflect that gospel proclamation as heads and helpers uh that, that Jesus is the, the the head who comes and he intervenes on on God's behalf for our benefit.
0: So in Ephesians 8-10, through the Apostle Paul talks about how we are saved first for a purpose. You're saved first by grace as a gift from God so that no one can boast, so that we may do the good things that God has prepared in advance for us to do. Now, you talk a little bit about marriage, and I think you talk about two different ways that that marriage, uh, or two purposes for marriage.
2: Yeah, so... Um, in the garden, um, God gives Adam and Eve uh, jobs to do, sort of the first kind of great commission, we kind of call it in our book. And so he gives them two instructions, right? Be fruitful and multiply, multiply, and then to have dominion. Um, And so those two things to sort of fill the earth with people and to like grow the the people of God that way, and then also to have dominion um, is not like to dominate over creation, but to care for it and to nurture it and to provide, right? To so those are the two tasks that Adam and Eve are given, um, and then tragically in the fall, um, they they fail. And um, Adam and Eve have these specific roles in the way that they are to work together to complete these two tasks. And in the fall, we see sort of a reversal of those roles and um, sort of those roles are now tainted by sin. And so we struggle now to live out those roles rightly um, because of the curse
1: so now instead of like dominion it's domination and it's it's control and it's uh for the sake of the one uh it's all trying to benefit the one who is in charge right and that that's not what God intended for that uh loving dominion right um and, and then of course uh, you get in Genesis 3 that the pain in childbearing and that um you know when we have dominion in the world uh, it bites back there's thorns and uh raising kids and and, and raising next generation is 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 difficult right uh so but I think what's- interesting about that too is that um in Genesis three and the curse uh, uh kind of like Chris was saying, those roles don't go away uh but but they are mutated, if you will uh and um so so in Genesis three, it's a description of what it looks like when when sin happens, right uh but as Christians uh we are made new in the image of god uh we've uh, we're, we're remade in the image of Christ. Um, and, and which, which means that we in, in our in our marriages, but also who we are as as just uh, individual human beings, um, uh, get get to uh, try to live more like Jesus, who who by the way fulfills those roles perfectly, right? Uh, and that kind of connects to the new Great Commission: uh, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the, name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit right uh jesus is uh the one who ultimately is fruitful and multiplies he gives life uh he he makes new disciples out of, out of out of sinners right uh but then he also cares for the world in the greatest way he has dominion in the greatest way by by dying and rising again
0: right so you were talking about genesis so just to be clear to our listeners we're talking about the first book in the old testament and we we read that as history we don't read it as a as a morality tale or a fiction or, or some sort of myth. We, uh, we look at this as being absolutely foundational to the rest of the Bible and the rest of the Bible doesn't make much sense unless right. we, we read it the way that you're describing. So um uh, talking a little bit about marriage and God's original design, talk a little bit about commitment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I think as uh as, as Christians, I think that we we best reflect uh, the love of Jesus by being committed to each other in our marriages. Uh, so, so that marriage is, of course, is not just about um, uh, lovey-dovey and and uh, having the feelings of love, uh, but actually self sacrifice, actually being committed uh, to to the spouse, uh, kind of how how we say in our vows, right? For for richer, for poor, uh, in sickness and in health, for better or for worse. Um, you know, it's it's that kind of commitment, uh, with that kind of commitment that we actually get to reflect the love of Christ. So,
2: um, yeah, and Christ's commitment to us is not conditional, and it is um, without end. So, Christ does not ask, uh, you know, our relationship with Christ is not predicated on anything we do, right? It is um, based completely on his commitment to us and what he has done for us. And so um, our marriages to sort of point to that image of Christ in the church reflect that kind of total and self-sacrificing commitment, Um, which of course, when you talk about that, you always have to give the caveat, like there are things like abusive relationships. And we have a whole chapter in our book about Um, abuse and, and what can happen and what sort of to do and what posture to take when relationships that are supposed to um, model this kind of self-sacrificing love do not do that and do the opposite of that. So definitely want to sort of give that, that caveat, but at the same time, um, most of us are called to have just absolute unconditional commitment in our marriages as marriage is a picture of Christ in the church.
0: So would you term your book as being self-help or would it be more recognizing what help God gives us?
2: Yeah, I would not call it self-help. Um, so we wrote it as a Bible study, um, sort of a topical Bible study. So every chapter is rooted in scripture. So each chapter has one sort of main biblical text that it's based on and then pulls in other verses and sections that are relevant. Um We, there are a lot of Christian books out there and non-Christian books that are kind of lists of things to do or to not do, you know, like five steps to a happy marriage, that kind of thing, or that, that is not what this book is at all. We did not write that. Um, So that may or may not have its place, but um, we really wanted to write a book that shows the goodness and beauty of God's design for marriage and for our, our manhood and womanhood from scripture. Um, So the goal is to see that the Bible isn't a list of like, you're allowed to do this and you're not allowed to do this. It's not like a set of behaviors that we just align with and hope that we can be good enough, right? Uh, We can't be good enough. And that's legalism when you make a list of rules and then you just have to follow it and then you hope that that's enough. Um, The Bible is a picture, is a story of the actual redemptive act of Jesus, right? Jesus coming into the world to redeem us, to save us from our real sin and to make things new again in him. And so this book is... What it attempts to do is to connect the dots between our experiences as men and women and that story and show, like, that it's not arbitrary. Like, our maleness and femaleness is not an arbitrary detail of that story. It is woven into the fabric of creation and it's part of this picture. And so we can't set it aside. We can't set those roles aside and we can't set our identities as men and women aside and still retain um, God's word because. God's word is inspired. It's without error. And the whole thing together um, is one story. So like we can't select pieces to to keep and to take out and that kind of thing. That doesn't really work.
0: So if we were to to look at uh, living in our world, uh, uh, paint for us a picture what what the difference is between living fully in, let's say, recognition of God's plan versus uh, just following the ways of the world how those are two divergent paths and how could we recognize if we are in kind of a, a weakened position hmm.
2: I think this probably goes to um, the different uses of the law would you say yeah, yeah.
1: so yeah I think that I, I think that sometimes living in our world um, as Christians, can be rather difficult because you know the Bible says things that uh, if you're a Christian who who uh, affirms the Bible as the uh, full word of God, uh, then sometimes the Bible says things that are kind of hard to to live with, right? Uh, in the world, and, and people say, "Whoa, you 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 have that kind of countercultural stance on uh, uh, a whole myriad of issues," right? Um, and and so I I think that it it can be kind of difficult for for us as Christians to do that. it be even tempting to say, well, maybe we can just ignore those parts of scripture. Uh, We can just ignore uh, the law, uh, if if you will, and um, uh, just stick to the the nice stuff. Uh, You know, Jesus dying on the cross uh, to forgive you sounds pretty nice, and eternal life sounds pretty nice. But uh, I think it becomes an issue for us as Christians because if we don't have the law, uh, the gospel does not mean anything. You know, um oh, uh yeah. right. You don't you don't need the gospel. Uh and the law is important and the law is good uh because it shows the, the kind of world world that God made, uh kind of world that God designed. Um that that uh he, he designed this world to uh, to, to be good and, and to take, uh, to, uh, take care of, uh, each, each other, you know, and that's really what the law does is it, uh, encourages us to care for each other and for the world. And so when we sin, uh, sin is going against that design. Uh, sin is, uh, uh it's acting in ways that are selfish, ways that are destructive to the, to the world, to God's creation, uh, and, and ultimately not helpful. So, so I think as Christians, then uh, uh, we we cherish the law. Uh, we know that the law accuses, and and, and uh, it shows us our sins, and that's that's when we go to our Savior. Uh, but we also use the law as a guide, and we say, well, uh, how how did God create this world to to work? Uh, and uh, since we are made new in Christ, uh, we we want to strive to live by how He designed us to be. Because guess what? Uh, when Jesus comes back, and He He uh, redeems all things, and it makes the world brand new. Uh, that is going to be how we are going to live.
0: So when we're talking about the law, we're speaking specifically about God's law, not uh, constitutional law or tax law or anything. <laughs> earthly. Right. We're talking about how God works with uh, his uh, now broken uh, yeah. uh, earth. And, you know, it like it does uh, show us our sinfulness and our degree of separation from God and his perfection. Uh, and then we have the gospel the good news mm. that jesus has died for our sins and has redeemed us he's he's restore, uh, restored our our uh, uh, future with with god so right. when we look at these relationships one between man and woman and then also between god and humanity um, you talk about all of uh, the believers on the earth as the bride of christ the church is the bride of Christ, and so we we have these relationships. Uh, what what would be some some places where our listeners could find out more about strengthening these relationships, either with God or with um, our significant other?
1: Yeah, well, uh, so so uh, as far as just what the relationship is. Um, uh, Designed to look like, you know, that that's a book that we wanted to try to uh, provide, and, and resource we want to try to provide. So uh, that that might be a good place to start to, is just with with our book, male and female uh, embracing your role in God's design. Uh, but if if you're looking for uh, simply just more about uh, Jesus and, and our world uh, and um, God God's story of the world, uh, of course, Scripture is, is the best place to start. You know, and, and uh, uh, checking that out. And and, and you mentioned uh, Genesis earlier. Uh, you know, I think I think reading through Genesis uh, and uh, kind of the origins of of that world, um, you know, I think that that's really helpful. And then uh, looking at the New Testament about how Jesus redeems that world uh, and and uh, redeems a future for that world.
0: Well, if I'm ever in uh, uh, Roselle, Illinois, I'd like to stop by Trinity Lutheran Church and, and uh, give you here on a Sunday morning. But um uh, failing that looking up your book sounds like a good idea where could we find a copy of uh, of this book
2: yep yeah, it's available um from Concordia publishing house so cph.org um or on Amazon you can just Google the title male and female embracing your own God's design and it'll come up on Amazon for you very um, good
0: i I'd like to uh, Point our listeners also to uh, this radio program's website, elmhouston.org. And there on our website, you can find past programming. You can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. Uh, You can also find an address where you may write us or an address where you may email us. Either way, we're glad that you're here and we hope that you support what you're listening to. Now, back to uh, Jonathan and Krista. Again, we're um, intrigued by uh, your supposition that uh, marriage has got an aspect that is for the couple themselves, but also an aspect of living service to the world. What would you say to to someone who um, is not sure about uh, the witness of of Christians to the world around them?
1: Mm. Yeah, you know, I think that um, uh, many times it's hard to see uh, 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 the, the church as uh, witnessing it in a helpful way to our world. Um, you know, uh, sometimes we, we get it wrong. And by the way, uh, Christians are all sinners, right? Uh, and so we don't always give that good witness. Um, in the book, we have a chapter on... Um, uh, what what it looks like to be uh, both uh, m- uh, embracing our roles as as men and women, uh, both as individuals and in the family. Um, and we've got a note to fathers there uh, that that says, "Hey, dads, you know, uh, you've got this this role as a dad. You you uh, should be a good father. You should be uh, helping your children to uh, uh, be responsible citizens in the world." But the most important thing that you can pass on to your kids, even even more important than being responsible citizens, um is, is kind of dealing with your sin. And, and the way that we deal with sin as Christians is we we forgive. Uh and so as 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 dads, it's it's uh, practicing that repentance um of those sins and then also sharing with your kids that, hey, not only have, have you know, do we do we uh, struggle with sin, but we repent, and we also get that that forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's a big yeah.
2: part of like a marriage, as we we talked about earlier, like our marriages having being based in the concept of unconditional commitment. Um, that is practically impossible without forgiveness. Mm-mm. And that is really what Christians have that the world needs is we understand that we can forgive each other because we are forgiven by Christ. Um, And so you, in your relationships with your children, in your relationships with your spouse, in your relationships with other family members and other Christians, like we can live out that kind of forgiveness. And that is something that is very foreign um, outside of the church. And so that um, is a way that we can demonstrate that we really believe That we can be forgiven in Christ when we can, like, let go not only of our own sin, but of each other's.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Pastor Schultz and I have done a little bit uh, in the realm of prison ministry. And, you know, talking about forgiveness, that is one place where most of the uh, residents of those facilities never learned that lesson. Yeah. about forgiving others, and how important it is in, in our families and in our communities to, uh, to demonstrate forgiveness and what that really looks like. Uh, and it's not always easy, but right. as, as part of that uh, mission that our Lord has called us to do uh, as we are His witnesses here on earth um, to, uh, to make an increase in His kingdom and to point others' eyes to Jesus. Well, Jonathan and Krista, this has been uh, enjoyable talking with you. We uh, hope that many people check out your book and uh, more people understand the role that our Lord has established for each of us to play in this, His world. Join us again real soon for another edition of Engaging Truth. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas 77410 or visit our website at elmhouston.org or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.